You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, everyone, to this episode of Bare Bones, looking at week six, Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Danny, how are you doing today? Apparently my dog wanted to answer for me. What an introduction Uh, there. What an introduction. (laughs) I'm doing well, all things considered. How about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, Obviously, I was a little late getting to setting up the stream. Works is real real busy like um mainly because i actually am going to disney next starting next saturday so like i got a bunch of stuff i'm trying to get get ready gotta, for that whole week. gotta tie up all those ends right Ooh. yes exactly gotta tie up all those loose ends and uh people need treatment right so you gotta squeeze them in when you can um but we have a really today should be a fun show right coming off a win which is always better than the losses that we had to deal with previously uh first things first our chart review looking back at that game what are your thoughts on the uh previous game danny uh previous game was a pleasant surprise i had to watch it i only caught like the end of it in real time that i rewatched it um the next morning and it was a pleasant surprise like they kind of put together a wire-to-wire performance especially offensively justin fields again looks like he's making that proverbial leap we're all looking for here as you know as i said on a show a couple weeks back it seems like you and i are going to be the first at the party and the last at the funeral kind of thing like we're like not really willing to let this go and you know it's one of those things i granted sam howell makes your life a little easier because for as much as we like to criticize justin fields for holding on to the ball sam howell tends to like to hold on to the ball and he doesn't have near the creation ability that someone like Justin Fields does. So um, they, you know what, all things considered, I think it was a really good game. It was a pleasant win. It was nice to finally watch a win for the first time. And what was that? The first win in 14 weeks, 15 weeks. Yeah. After 14 straight losses where they allowed 25 or more. So not only did they win, they also didn't allow 25 or more points. So 
you know, small W's. When you talk about the small W's, you know, you talk about the small W's, you talk about, you, like you just mentioned, trying to see Justin's growth and how, you know, we're probably the last ones who are going to hop off this train. Um, I'm not anywhere near the Caleb Williams bandwagon uh, at this point. And you look for those small wins. Like, for example, the fact that, you know, Justin Fields in the red zone this season is 15 for 23, eight mm-hmm. touchdowns, no interceptions, four big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays, and an 88.5 passer grade, you know, that that's huge for for a guy like him yes, that we need to get to the get to the red zone, which has been more of the problem. Or the fact that you know we're seeing growth. If you look at Justin Fields in 2022 on passes of 2.5 seconds or quicker, he had a 44.5 PFF grade, was only completing 66 percent of his passes, three touchdowns, two interceptions, not great. But in 2023, on those passes that are 2.5 seconds or quicker, a 71.6 PFF grade, 70.9 percent completion percentage, and six touchdowns, one interception growth that is what you're ultimately looking for especially Correct. in the league where ultimately we tend to try to rush things yeah we always try to rush things and we always want the instant answer especially because we had so much instant success from guys like burrow especially after he came back from his acl and justin herbert who came out and lit the world on fire and everything like it's so easy to get greedy but also understand that these quarterbacks aren't coming to the league the, the way they used to used to like these the days of these guys coming in with and i know we hate it it's such a dumbed down rudimentary way to say it but the pro style offense these offenses are more simplistic in terms of play calling and getting in just even getting a huddle together than they've ever been it's so much of just get the best athlete on the field with the ball in his hands and just let him cook and then they have to get into the league and it's like just the very like a play call could literally be cotton ball or whatever it might be and you get to the league, and it's a 12-word play call. And it's like they've never had to do that before. And, it, like, for instance, Justin Herbert's big learning curve, which is why he was so impressive, was Oregon for the longest time just held up signs of of pictures of what the play call was. Like, oh, it's cherry. Oh, it's a boat, whatever it might be. Like, it's there's so much that goes into playing NFL quarterback, and I feel like we don't give these kids enough grace period to just learn and get get their get their bearings about them almost, you know? And the other thing that I know you and I have both talked about, whether it was last year or this year, was supporting cast issues, right? You look at, mm-hmm. you know, you got, as you mentioned, Burrow gets to throw to a Jamar Chase, a T. Higgins. The offensive line's been up and down. They bought a very good defense in free agency. Um, Herbert, same thing. I mean, you have Austin Eckler in your backfield. You have Allen. You have a often injured Mike Williams. You can just keep going. Holmes is a amazing example that hurts is an amazing example where you have this great supporting cast that hasn't been the case necessarily for Justin, but you're starting to see some of those things get better. Like Darnell Wright, he's a rookie. He makes rookie mistakes, but he has 79.1 run block rate according to PFF first amongst various players first amongst all rookie offensive linemen and eighth highest amongst all tackles. Tevin Jenkins came back first commanders with 37 snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed. DJ Moore had a damn night. You know, Cole Komet was able to, actually showed a little wiggle, which is surprising because he's beyond stiff this year in particular, but he was able to, you know, support Justin. Mm-hmm. You're seeing more and more happen. The defense is not really doing much supporting still, but as a whole, there's more to work with. And I think that's showing with Justin's production. And what's even crazier is even with, I don't even think Kansas city was as bad as the numbers make it look like, I think he showed progress in terms of his process and his ability 
But like his first two games were objectively awful. There's no way around that. He was bad. The play calling was bad. Everything about the offense was bad. So even factoring the two most the two awful starts, a middling to bad start in the middle where it's like the results weren't there, but the process was getting better. And then the back-to-back weeks of four touchdowns and 300 plus yards. He is now the, according to PFF, the 16th graded quarterback in the NFL. And you're factoring in two of his worst starts of his career to start the season. So the growth is there. It needs to continue. If you want to stave off these, Drake May and Caleb Williams, what what have you, rumors that could should they land a top two pick, but it's there's a lot to be happy about, especially because for me at least, what I'm rooting for is if if you want the best possible outcome, win a couple more games because Justin is the man. Don't win enough where you're knocking yourself out of the top ten. So basically, you're hoping for Justin Fields to have his Deshaun Watson 2020 season, where he just goes he balls out, but he makes it impossible to move on from. That, I would agree, right? Because in, in that scenario you're talking about, let's say you get, I don't know, five, six wins, you have still a top 10 pick like you talked about. Maybe that Panthers steal a win here and there, which is hard to see because right now they're just atrocious. But, you know, maybe they are only the second or third pick. And now you can use those picks. Let's say it's two and six. You can go get a Marvin Harrison Jr. You can go get an Olu that will tackle out of Penn State. You can go you get can, edge help. You can trade down and get yeah. more picks. Yeah. So they're that's great. they're in a they're in a really interesting position. And what's crazy is let's say they win this weekend, which I think is possible, and we'll get to that later in the show, obviously, against the Vikings. If I told you after the first six weeks they were two and four, but Justin looked like this, would anyone actually care? Is or is it just the taste that the first two weeks left in your mouth that makes it feel all the worse? It's the latter. And that's what pisses me off because if you took this schedule and they end up like, let's again, we're saying six wins and you just reorder the schedule, you're, which you can't do because yes, you want to see progress. Da, 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 da. Correct. It's just how it happened. It's the fact that it started off that bad. Right. It, it started off that bad. And you also have to factor in week one is weird. Tampa Bay is objectively probably a top five defense in football right now. Tampa Bay is actually a damn good team. They're a damn good team. And you know what? Part of me, like, I've always appreciated guys that have, like, I always call it the, I know he's in jail now, but the Joshua Bellamy thing. Guys that that don't understand they're nowhere near as good as they are, like, or think they're way better than they actually are, rather. Sorry, I got my phrasing mixed up there. Baker Mayfield is not that great. Baker Mayfield does not understand that he's not that great. He doesn't, and he, give a play, damn. he doesn't give a damn. It's great. And I'm, I'm kind of here for the bigger revenge tour where he's just yeeting balls 20 yards on the outside hash as hard as he can because he knows he can try it. And I know I'm a pretty big Baker apologist on that. Like, you know, the whole thing was happening with him and OBJ and, you know, all this different stuff. When he was going to Carolina, actually, like, I think he's a better quarterback than people now think of him as because – unfortunately of where he, you know, starting off as a number one overall pick, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be that dude. And he hasn't been, but that doesn't mean he sucks either. Right. I mean, there are some bad quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. He's one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet without, without question. Um, really quick before we get to our concussed corner question here, uh, everything between, do you think the defense will improve greatly with everyone coming off IR, which we'll get to in a second here. I'm glad we have solid depth from what we've seen. Danny, what do you think? 
I don't think that the depth really matters when the starters aren't that great. <laughs> like Tremaine Edmonds, I feel like has left a lot to be desired. Uh, I know TJ Edwards has great tackle numbers. I don't see a really impactful player though. It's like, it was kind of like the same thing as Sanborn last year, right? Um, where you're getting a lot of tackles, but do you feel like they're really impactful plays where they're just, or is he just making tackles because someone's got to make tackles, you know? Um, I was a big Jaquan Brisker fan. <laughs> I I don't know what's happened. Like, I felt like he was turning a corner at the end of last year in some regard, and he just – he looks like he's a beat slow to everything. Like, he's a half second late, half second slow. Everything just feels like it's just a little off. Now, I will say that on the other side of that, I think I think the Bears may have something in both Terrell Smith and Tariq Stevenson. I think both of them can play, which is – which is interesting to me at least. And I will, to play devil's advocate, I, I will, I do think that with the people you have coming back, and again, we'll dive into this a little bit more, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, you know, Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. your secondary getting healthier, that yes, your defense will improve. Now you don't build a defense from the outside in, you should build it from the inside out. And so having, having an improved secondary, yes, will have the quarterbacks hold the ball a bit longer, but you'd prefer to have an improved pass rush to put pressure on the quarterback, shorten that time that they're holding the ball so that the secondary can actually eat. And that's just not where they're at. Is it going to be better? Yes, I do think it's better. Is it going to be improved greatly as everything between ask? I don't know if I'd say greatly. I think you're going to see like, I don't know, for sake of numbers, a 15 to 20% improvement, not like a 50% improvement. Your your improvement is going to come from the fact that guys like Pickens and Dexter and Smith and Tariq Stevenson and Kyler, now that he's going to be back and getting reps again, are just going to play. And by virtue of playing, they should improve. They should get better. Like Gervon Dexter is showing some stuff. Do I think it's great still? No, not really. I think Pickens needs to show up. I thought he looked better through the first couple weeks than Dexter did, and that's since has flipped, like where Dexter now looks better than Pickens, and he should. He's got a better physical profile. He's more, he was a more tough, sought after prospect, this, that, the other. But that's where your improvement's going to come. And for the love of God, I, I, I know it's something just so nothing to get mad about, but it just because we all know what Tremaine Edmonds is. Fill a lane hard, dude. Come crashing down and make a hit. Stop getting sw- – you're 6'5", 240. Play like it. it. It's one of the things that just – oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Come off a block. Do something. It, it is tough. And I, I talked about that last week on the show a bit where a lot of Tremaine Evans' stats seem to be – they're empty stats in a way. Like, he's going to get tackles because he's fast, long, and he can get there. But are they game-changing? Are they – series changing as of right now the answer is no right he's i I use the stat i can't don't have it off the top of my head but i think he had lap going into last week i think it was three tfls tackles for losses that's not enough for your 80 million dollar linebacker when your other eight when the guy you didn't want to give 80 to 100 million dollars to over a four or five year deal is making a case for ap defensive player of the year but i digress i digress Uh, i'm not going down that road not doing it today (laughs) <laughs> One last bit of negativity, hopefully, before we move to uh, the the game against the Vikings. Our concussed corner. This is just something from the last game we didn't really like. A decision so odd that the decision maker must be concussed. Honestly, I sat there for about seven minutes 
trying to figure out what to put here. There wasn't a lot that specifically last game I was really, really like against. The one that I'm stealing a little bit from uh, QB school, uh, JTO Sullivan, is the sale route concept uh, that the Bears keep dialing up for Mooney. You know, previously it hasn't been open. The last couple of games, and specifically against Commanders, was open a couple different times. As of right now, Justin is not throwing that sale route well or not well enough. Um, one that was highlighted, there was one that's coming at you on the broadcast. Um, seems like he overthrew Darnell. Definitely could have been a better ball. At the same time, I think Darnell got tripped up a little bit coming out of his route. So right now, they're just not on the same page, especially on that route. That should not right now be your first read, especially multiple times a game. Just go figure it out in the bye week or something. But as of right now, let's not. That, that shouldn't be it. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything. Like, I know – I mean, can I go, like, the opposite of concussed corner? I actually really enjoyed the slide inbounds by fields to kill more clock versus going out or getting hit. Like, it's not a concussed corner, but the, I I don't have one, so I'll give you the opposite, I guess. Like, that slide, that's heady. That's a good, heady football play. So, credit where it's due. Uh, we do have another question here. So, you can go the opposite, since you didn't really have a concussed corner, from, uh, you know, Q, uh, Bucket Stats. Go follow him. He's got amazing stuff every single time, every, every single year, especially in the offseason. He has this whole chart that you can basically be a GM with. It's amazing. Um, he asked, do you think the Bears make any big changes schematically, offense or defense, coming out of this mini buy? Um, I don't know how much of a schematic change you can make defensively, especially when, like, <laughs> it's funny as it is, I think last week against the the the, com- the commies, the commanders, I think that was Eberflus emptying his magazine. He's not some sort of exotic, like, Vance Joseph or – Todd Bull, Brian Flores. Brian Flores is like warms the cockles of my heart. Like, cause he just, he has so much effort to his play calling. He doesn't give a damn. Like he's, he's a mad scientist. Like we always talk about the mad scientists on offense and what they do. And like Brian Flores is a mad scientist on defense where it's just like, I'm going to do this because I can. Or um, another guy like that is um, Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas city is we'll just do shit just to try it. Um, but offensively, I don't know if I want to want to call it a schematic shift or just building upon what you're already doing. Keep keep exaggerating Justin's strengths and start adding in more things that he can that almost like relate to those strengths. He's good at this. All right, so now this and then this. Keep doing it's whatever you're doing now is working. And yes, the league is going to adjust, but that's when you those other things you work on during the mini buy, and then at the later buy and the later the and the near the end of the season, you use to keep compounding on your offense. I don't know if you should make a major shift at this point now with how everything's going, especially because I think this weekend they should put up more more yards and points. Yeah, defensively, I don't know that they can do much schematically. I don't think specifically Eberflus can because, I mean, you sure. go back, went back when he was with the Colts as a defensive coordinator and look at his pressures, they were always on the low side. The only time it really peaked up was when they went out and they got an amazing three-tech into Forrest Buckner. And just the fact that he is like a, just a really good player changed that. And then, of course, that continued at the Bears. They're not able to generate that pressure. And that he even specifically went on record this week, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically with Justin Jefferson out, that you don't have to, you know, shade coverage over them. You don't have to be as aggressive and exotic on certain looks. 
and then I hate that. <laughs> like, 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 no, you should be trying to, right? You don't always have to send uh, blitzes that are sending five, six guys, right? Send that, that fake pressure. Like, can you can you yeah. hide where the pressure is coming from to try to generate stuff? And doesn't I don't think Ibufus can. Oh, you can do you can do the mug the fake mug fronts where you have both linebackers in the a gap and you can just have them bail. There's plenty of things you can do. That's just an example. But I just don't think he can do it, or he's willing to do it. I don't know if it's in his DNA. Some guys okay. just don't have things in their DNA. Like you can go back even to the last regime where Matt Nagy did not have under center eye form stuff in his DNA, and he told us as much. Well, he didn't come here to run the eye formation. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. So, like some guys just don't have it. It's not every coach can be the adjustment guy, the guy that's like, this is my, this is, this is my talent. This is what I know I can do with that talent. Some guys are, this is the cloth I'm cut from. This is how I know how to do it. Now it's a, it's not good. It's, it's a really terrible old school habit, but that's just kind of the nature of who he is. Well, and moving on now done with the previous game moving forward, but first we do have a quick break here. Our sponsors over at Achilles. It is time to talk Achilles ankle repair. The first thing to hit the ground when you play most sports is your foot. So why isn't your foot and ankle strength a priority for you? Achilles was created by founder Trey Villarreal and co-founder Eric Slosberg to give every athlete the advantage to perform with confidence and allow them to play at even after suffering serious injuries. It is trusted by collegiate and professional teams all over the nation. The Achilles has been shown to increase muscle development by as much as 320% in the lower leg muscles. I use this myself for my personal ankle strength and with all of my lower extremity patients. Often transitioning from table exercises to functional movements in standing can be hard due to ankle weakness. Traditional bands are too weak and many standing balance exercises are too hard. Achilles bridges the gap by bulletproofing the ankles and knees. Achilles can be used for rehabilitation, injury prevention, and overall strengthening, so it is great for the clinic, the gym, or the home. Want to see it in action? Head to their Instagram, Achilles underscore nation, or my own personal page, doctor.westsportpt. Then go to angorepair.com to order yours. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, for our training room roundup, this is where we look at the injuries and dissect what they look like, if or if some players are going to expect to be playing, et cetera, et cetera. 
this is a long list, um, but for me personally, not something I'm super concerned about. Danny, with these names, and actually I have to technically scroll down a little bit to get to the full list because you can't really see everyone, unfortunately, just because of how long it is. What name on here is the one that stands out the most to you that would be the most concerning? Most concerning? Herbert sucks because I think he was really starting to come into his groove this season. Um, overall, the concern thing that it, I think it's more the Thursday night thing than anything, the amount of hamstring injuries. You got, you got Homer, you got J- Jalen, you got uh, Terrell Smith, Cole Komet, Equinemius, St. Brown, who is a vital part of the offense, as weird as that is to say with how they want to run the ball. But uh, the other one is – just because it sounds like we're going to get a big dose of Deontay Vorman this week. Uh, I don't think Roshan's going to play with that concussion either. No, and I talked about this um, on a different show, show I was on. I mean, concussion's a tough one where you have to hit certain checks in order to be cleared for a concussion. And each of those checks, you have to be symptom-free, right? So it's everyday activity. You cannot have whatever those symptoms are, headache, nausea, vomiting, uh, light sensitivity, sound sensitivity, the list goes on. So you have to be able to do activity to living first. Then, right, you have to be able to do like light aerobics, then moderate, then then advanced. Then you're finally getting into football-like activities. That's a long list to be able to check off. And, and you have to have time in between each of those. And as of right now, there's just – Roshan has not had time to complete all those. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mason. You may not exhibit those symptoms – Say he got concussed Sunday. You might not exhibit those symptoms till Wednesday. You could have delayed onset concussion syndrome where you feel fine Monday, Tuesday, and then you go into work Wednesday and you, the room is spinning. You're seeing spots, you're nauseous, you got a headache, and you've got sensitivity to light and sound. And yeah, then all this, yeah, I mean, I can t- hand up. I've had, <laughs> I felt fine, and then I can't a couple days later, I was not fine. So and that so as of right now, Roshan's out. So like you said, it's actually really interesting with Herbert out for the foreseeable future. I mean, he's going to be out at least three to four weeks at a minimum. Wouldn't, the only reason they I'm just saying IR him. That's why I'm saying three to four, like up to that four, because I have the exact same thought. If he if you think he's going to be out longer than that, you would have put him on IR already, right? I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean that's what makes sense. So with Herbert out, with Jalen, sorry, excuse me, with Roshan Johnson out. And also Travis Homer out. Yes, you're you're elevating uh, Deontay Foreman, or he should be active. You went and got Darrington Evans off of Miami Dolphins practice squad. Do you almost feel like though that they're? I mean, because it's really just them and Kari Blassen game. Do they need to sign someone for this game? That'd be my thought. Like, and I, it's so simple. The name I keep coming back to is Kylan Hill. He's familiar with uh, Getzy at two spots. Like he's not any good, but he's a body and he would probably know some of what the terminology is and what the running scheme is, having been in Green Bay with Getsy and at Mississippi State when Getsy was the offensive coordinator there. Like, and I believe last year, did he come off of – did he have an ACL tear off of – I believe I believe he tore his knee up, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's one of the reasons why he'd be available is because he, he – fortunately – yeah, like I, I'm not like I'm not saying oh go sign him. It was just a name that immediately I was like, that's a name that makes sense. Right, absolutely. And I'm I'm just looking at some of the other like names available of people who are free agents. I mean, like you're looking at every, you know things like Le- Leonard Fournette and Rex Burkhead and Giovanni Bernard, Benny Snell. 
James Robinson, maybe. I mean, but isn't like, he hurt too? Yeah, I think he is. Zonovan <laughs> Knight, Ty Johnson. I mean, they're just not. I don't know who you're getting. I mean, you can bring back Damian Williams. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun until he fumbles again. Um, so long story short, I do think they need just a body, specifically probably for special teams. Uh, but it should be really fun to watch Deontay Foreman because he ran for a thousand yards last year with the and Panthers. He, run, after, he, after he also Christmas runs Patrick hard, training. man. He runs hard. Like, and he was one of the top five most efficient running backs in football last year when he got after for a thousand yard season, like in terms of how he runs the ball. Like, I don't understand like what they were attempting to do in terms of like, let's sign this guy and then just completely ignore him. We knew that the football's a war of attrition, especially at on the offensive line and the linebacker and running back spots. Those guys just get beat up. It's the nature of those positions. If you have three capable running backs, like we knew the Bears did coming into this year, why wouldn't you be rotating them to try to keep tread on all their tires? It never it, made sense I, to me. I think it boils down to the fact – I think order of operations are – they're like, all right, Dan Montgomery's gone – we need another running back, someone who could definitely take a toll. All right, Dante Foreman makes sense. Oh, shoot. Roshan Johnson's available in the fourth round. We should draft him because we have him graded way higher than where he's currently sitting at. Let's take him. Oh, damn. We have more running backs than we really need of that same type. But none of them really play special teams, right? I mean, like, Deontay's not going to play special teams. Oh, there, so, there's an interesting name. Ronald Jones the second. He do anything for you? Like, I think I mean, he's ish. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the names. So ultimately the problem ends up being the reason Travis Homer is active and Deontay Foreman's not is because Travis Homer gives you that third down running back specifically, but also the special teams play. Like, yeah. I don't know that you have the roster flexibility. Like, cause then you look at, I mean, where would you put him? Who, who you, who are, who you having down or inactive? The re- receivers, you need the six. The right. I mean, like there's no one else I'm going to deactivate there. You need the offensive alignment because, like you said, they get banged up, so you need depth there. You need your trench guys. Yeah, you just need them. That's so. Un- it was an unfortunate free agency comes before draft kind of thing for De- for Deontay, and then ultimately the fact that he just doesn't give you special teams. I mean, the only option I could come up with is you really don't seem to – do they – you don't really – I don't know. Do you deactivate Bobby Tanyan? Like, does that do anything for you? I, I think you could – the problem is I think they think <laughs> that he's important because of the two tight ends and spelling Cole commit. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say deactivate Mercedes, but <laughs> as dumb as it sounds, he's it's really, so, it sucks. He's so good at what he does. He's so he's good at what more. he does. Exactly. Mercedes is awesome at what he does. What he does isn't sexy or cool, but it's awesome at, for what he is. Uh, but to get back to the the training, uh, the injury report here, excuse me, um, guys like Kyle Gordon, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, by what I understand, all three of them are playing. Ex- expect that to happen. So your secondary is back. Uh, we already talked about uh, Khalil and Travis. Cole Komet, that's, this pops up a little late kind of, for the most part. Also, so I would expect him to play. He, when he did interviews with CHGO, he didn't mention it, but he also said they had to cancel golf because his he was body was sore so it's probably one of those things where it's more of a maintenance thing and keep in mind too when they say limited that means there was something that they didn't do that everyone else did so it simply it could have been yeah we ran team period today Cole didn't do team today and it's just like 
that doesn't mean he's not playing. So tomorrow will be interesting on that. Doug Kramer important for center depth just because of we have no idea what the heck is happening. Ultimately, Lucas Patrick, who as we see is also in concussion protocol. Also, Cody Whitehair has had his injury issues, so you need him available. And then, of course, Terrell Smith having he's was full, so don't worry about him. But other than that, is there anyone else that you already mentioned? Equinemia Sam Brown. That's probably one of the ones I'm the most concerned with. That's actually the one I was gonna say. Like that, for whatever reason, that really bugs me because does anyone else on that wide receiving core do what he does? No. And there's no one that you have like on your practice squad or anything like that that can even come close to replicating it and what's crazy is i know he's not a fantastic wide receiver that guy's gonna play 10 or 15 years in the league 10 or 12 years in the league whatever it might be because he's a coach's pet he does everything you want he works his ass off he blocks he's a big strong guy he's fast he'll catch a ball here or there but you don't have to worry about he comes to work i mean i guess one that's it's probably not. I, I was going to say, I mean, they did sign Colin Johnson, who's that gigantic 6'6 receiver. The, the enormous man. So maybe he could be someone you elevate to block? Maybe? I, we need to kill this narrative, though, just because you're enormous means you can block, though. Oh, I mean, we've seen a receiver leave recently. That's true, <laughs> but that wasn't true. <laughs> we, we've got a tight end on the roster right now that kind of proves it's not true. That's also very true. Um, over to the Minnesota Vikings. The one that's the most interesting in this, besides the fact that Justin Jefferson is not going to be in there, there's no reason to talk about it. He's not there, so great. He's not, not going to be there for. Probably. He's not going to be there for four weeks at least. The one is Jordan Addison, right? Because he's now a wide receiver one. It could be nothing. It could be more rest. Just let him. Hey, we need you. Put you on the shelf. But if he's less than 100, percent who are you throwing the ball to? I mean, I, I I think you might agree with – I think K.J. Osborne's one of the more underappreciated wide receivers in football. I think he's a damn good football player. He's like my, my favorite wide receiver three in like the entire league. But he – does bumping him up to wide receiver two do anything for you? Like I I don't know. Like he, I think it's a big – I think it's a big ask, especially of Jordan Addison, who – well, I think he's a good complementary wide receiver and has skills and talent. I don't know if he's ever going to be one of those wide receivers that you can build your offense around like the the whole Vikings offense is built through Justin Jefferson so and there's some people who have been Jordan Addison stands like basically saying that his numbers he didn't test super well for for a wide receiver and he's tiny yeah he didn't test well and he's tiny and they're you know they've seen some some because he's done some decent things so far in the first five weeks and like you know pounding the table pump fifth something look I told you so he's doing this underneath the guise of he's not what Justin Jefferson's taking all of the tension away. He should be able to produce. Like, what happens when he's truly wide receiver one? I think what Kevin O'Connell's game plan really should be, this should look a a lot like the Rams when he was from, like, when Jared Goff was there. Like, a lot of zone running, a lot of just play action, just pound the football. Unfortunately, their running game kind of sucks. Yeah, well, well, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on. Knee jerk reaction. So this is basically one hot take going into next week. What you got? Uh, I don't think we're gonna get three, four touchdown passes again from Justin Fields, but I think we're gonna get at least three hundred oh. combined yards again. And bet that says he will. <laughs> I'll give you three and one on the ground. No, that doesn't help. It has to be passing. According to uh, there's only games. been. 
hasn't there only been five guys ever to have three weeks in a row with four plus passing touchdowns in a game? It's about to be six. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. I mean, you're probably right, but it was it was a really good bet. It was like I bet ten dollars to win ninety. I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Scared money don't make money, son. Um, my knee jerk reaction was that Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson need to not only come back and play this week, but they need to make an impact for different reasons. For Jalen Johnson, it's contractual. Like you need to show that you're a cornerback one. A, that you can guard their number one guy and take them away, and or B, you need to get your hands on more balls. Pause. And actually, <laughs> you need to be able to get – he's one, one career reception? One, yeah. Like, you can't be cornerback. Like, you cannot get paid, like, a top five or top ten corner and have one interception. I'm sorry. And it, um, Yeah, and he's not, like, locking guys down the way, like, Namdi Asamoah did. when Because that was the big knock on Namdi for years. Yeah. So he doesn't pick the ball. It's because no one's throwing at him. So – Jalen needs to do one of those two things, if not both, and he has the rest of this season to do that if he wants to remain a Bear. Up until the trade deadline, I think his name's popped up a little bit as the hot cornerback that maybe a, a contending team that needs so, a corner help. Can, can, can we touch on that for a second? Like, I think that's really interesting, especially with the arrival of Terrell Smith seemingly being a good football player and a fifth-round pick, so cheap. Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon, that could theoretically, if the ascension continues – your three, your three primary corners with Tyreek Stevenson, Terrell Smith, and and uh, Kyler Gordon in the nickel. Wouldn't that almost behoove you so you don't have to spend fifteen million dollars a year? As much as I like Jalen, I, I was I'm one of the big Jalen stands out there, especially after how he handled AJ Brown last year. And I know he had a hundred yards dropped on his head, this, that, the other. But I think he showed out that game. But I think there's something to be said that if you're not gonna trade him. You have to extend him, right? Like there, there's no middle ground. In theory, there isn't. If if you're going pure in a vacuum conversation, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a GM sitting at your table and you know the agent's on the phone with you and saying, "Hey, the trade deadline's tomorrow. Uh, I know you're not going to trade our guy, so might as well get our extension ready." Like you can't do that, right? I don't. I don't think you can let that them them hamstring you in a way. No, you can't. I agree. You that. into a contract. Um, but logically I agree with you. Like you, you can't let talented people walk out the door all the time. Like you have to draft people, grow them and then pay them. But the person has to be willing to play ball and take a contract that makes sense for what they do. And it sucks to say it. Cause I like Jalen, not just as a player, but I like him as a person. He seems yeah, like a really, person. he seems like a really well thought out dude. Who's like really kind of aware of himself and, aware of his surroundings. He's not just kind of football robot. Like he seems like a really just kind of well, well thought out guy, but here's, we heard the, the rumor of Pittsburgh being interested in him. Pittsburgh calls says, Hey, I got a fourth round pick for Jalen Johnson. What do you oh, say? I'm, I'm not doing that. No, no, you're not doing a fourth. No, a fourth. What am I getting with a fourth? I don't I'm getting Tyler Scott and Roshan Johnson, which I'm excited about both of them as players, but at the same time, like, <laughs> That just doesn't seem like enough for me. I got sure. I need like a third and I would do it. Um but I would also I think I What would, if you had a kick what if you had a kick on a five with it to get that third? Oh sure, fuck it. I'll do that. Okay. There you go. I also think fives and six are just pointless to and to be completely honest. It's it's tough <laughs> to fill out your roster and to take just home run swings on positions that either you just need some depth at or that you suck sure. at. Like Travis Bell was what your sixth round pick, I believe, this year. Or was he your seventh? 
think Travis Bell was a seventh round pick. So seventh round, he's your seventh rounder. Who cares? I think I want to say. Well, where's Doug Kramer? Was he a fifth? I think wasn't Noah Sewell their fifth round pick? He was this year, but I meant sorry, yeah. two years ago. Was it Doug Kramer? Doug was like, a sixth. Doug, like Doug five, was a sixth. They had like five uh, fifth round picks. They were like I think Doug was a sixth round pick too. Long story short, the fact that I can't specifically say who was where in those draft picks, I think shows to an extent. You, you, it's it's just a home run swing. I don't I don't care about a fifth rounder. I'd like to have as many picks as possible in general, but I just don't. Here we go. I found it. Um, oh yeah, it was a uh, Dominique Robinson was your fifth. That's working out super well for you. Zachary Thomas was your sixth. Tristan Ebner was the sixth. Doug Kramer was the sixth. To go against what I said, Braxton Jones was a fifth. So you know, I guess you could argue that your fifth isn't totally useless. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> oh, look here. Eric Bono just said that fifth is where you found your left tackles. I'm happy with where Braxton is. At the same time, if we're sitting in the draft next year and I have a chance to take Olu from Penn State, and I'm probably taking him and saying, thanks, Braxton, you're now my swing tackle. So, Or you yeah. could even, you could probably get something for Braxton Jones if you wanted to. Or that, or flip him. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on, to be uh, perfectly honest. Uh, this is just basically where we say something brutally honest about this upcoming game. Uh, Danny, what you got? Um, You need to continue your offensive performance. There's no reason to. The, there is, the, the Vikings' defense, while it's fun as hell to watch because of what Brian Flores does, um, they're not all that good. Like, there's not a ton of young talent on there. They're really hanging on to parts of yesteryear, like from those Zimmer defenses. And I think that's partially why you're seeing so much more just mad scientist crap come from Flores' brain because he has to. Like, he has to do something to try to make up for the talent deficiency. Um, so you you go score points. You're going to get scored on because I think Minnesota's offense is good even without – even without Justin Jefferson, because I think Kirk for better or for worse is a solid, good NFL quarterback. He's going to get yards and points on you. He's just going to do that. So score points that there's no, there's no reason to not score points anymore. And if you look uh, right now, the Vikings are ranked 12th in um, offensive DVOA at 3.1%. And so you're top half of the league. Right. I mean, and that's and that's having with some turnovers and other things mixed in there. Like you said, he's a competent to good quarterback that's going to put up numbers. You you have to match that. Yes, you do. Um, My to be perfectly honest, uh, this will be a massive letdown if the Bears don't win this week against this week Vikings defense and Justin, Justin Jefferson out. They're both one and four. They're different one and fours. But what I can say that right now the Bears are on an upward trajectory with that one win. It's only one win. Keep that. But just the feeling in the building, the feeling in the fan base, the feeling in overall versus the Vikings, right? And look at that Vikings defense, defensive DOA. They're at a 2.8%, which ranks 19th in the league. Bears aren't. Bears are at 31st. Let's be real. It's terrible. Um, But as a whole, it's not a good defense. Now, we talked about Brian Flores earlier and the exotic looks and everything. I think that's something that's going to be a concern going forward. But at the same time, when you have all of this stuff going against the Vikings, you have to be able to capitalize on it, especially when you're coming off of the two Justin Fields performances that you have. 
Yeah, I agree with that. It, to, to me, Justin Fields right now is he's such a rhythm player and he's such a guy that you can tell he he feeds off of how he feels. Like if he's feeling down, you're going to see him kind of like with that like Jay Cutler-esque stare sitting on the bench, like not. But when he's feeling himself, he's that guy who gets hit and he's like getting up saying to come bring it on. that. And he's he, the, right now he's that kid, the, the lineman in the tunnel of that high school game saying, I guess I just got my swagger. Like that's who he feels like. Like he feels like he's finally got himself back. And this is the kid, and I know I like the kid, he's the kid I finally remember watching at Ohio State, who was playing with such rhythm and poise and just swagger almost. Like, cause he knows he's the shit. He's always been the shit. He just doesn't show it the way other guys do. You know? Well, it's funny because that leads me to my well, ain't this humorous, where I, I find it funny the people who are in the crash for Caleb, you know, Caleb Williams or bust setup right now. Because as you said earlier, and as, and as I agree with, your your best case scenario is still Justin being that dude and playing like he did the last couple of weeks throughout the rest of the season for a variety of reasons we already talked about. But just really at this point, if you are a Bears analyst, if you're a Bears media member, if you're a Bears fan, we're just so early in the season still. We're barely a quarter of the way through. The fact that it's already like, all right, Caleb Williams it is. And I get it. He's a generational talent. But I don't think that means you, at this point in time, root actively for that scenario. I don't see the point in it. It's like the... It's like the kid who got a shiny new toy. The new toy lost some of its luster because he played with it a little bit and it got beat up because you kept throwing it in the mud and now you're not, you don't think the new toy is cool anymore. Right. So now you want to go get the other one. Yeah. Which I'm not saying Justin Fields at the same level of prospect as Caleb Williams when he, when he was coming out. Cause he's not, Caleb is a clearly better football player than Justin Fields is at Ohio state. Not like markedly so, but he's better. Some of Justin's same deficiencies are Caleb's deficiencies holding the ball forever. Yep. It's like, time to throw us to is it. long. Yeah. He had a play that I watched and he held the ball for nine seconds before he threw it. That shit ain't happening in the NFL. It's a long time. It's so a long, long time. Last week, USC didn't look great. Caleb was great. I'm not sitting here trying to shit on Caleb. I'm just oh. saying, like, just I don't don't try to go get the new shiny toy before you even know what the old toy is. I will also add. So a lot of people are saying that Caleb Williams is the first truly generational talent quarterback since Andrew Luck. How many Super Bowls does Andrew Luck have? Well, he's gone. How many how many playoff wins did the Colts have under one? I think one. One. I think. And now that's not an Andrew Luck problem. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is that. You had that guy. You move on from Peyton Manning, which was a different scenario because his neck was broken and his arm was a noodle. But you move on to this generational talent, and you couldn't win more than one playoff game. Why? Because your team sucked. Your team as a whole was terrible. The offensive line was never good. Your running backs were never good. You never really got him enough wide receiver help. So So there's nothing guaranteeing that Caleb Williams and the Bears as a whole works out. There's nothing guaranteeing that Drake May and the Bears as a whole works out. You know how you make that work out? You take swings in the draft 
and try to get top talent. You know how you can do that? You get a top pick from the Panthers at one, two, three, or whatever the hell it ends up being. You sell it for a ransom and you surround Justin and fill this team with talent. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the market inefficiency of the NFL. Young cost controlled talent that ascends and then you can take your hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency and add proven playmakers be it at linebacker, safety, defensive end, defensive tackle, whatever it might be. What was your uh, willing to humorous? <sighs> kind of similar to you, how people were just so ready to move on. Like I just kind of thought it was funny. But the other thing is the humorous, I kind of touched on it earlier with the defensive schematic, but that last week was me thinking this is Eberflus emptying the magazine. And if you're on a – defensive play call sheet his emptying the magazines like a three and a half on a scale of 10 like it's not that creative it's no. like <laughs> it's bad it's like yeah, he tried he he sent a nickel blitz guys here he comes so and i i, th- I think we're on the same page on this but i just want to make sure i know some i've heard some say like if justin is able to help elevate this team to more wins right let's say they get to six or seven wins that that Ascension saves Iberflus's job because you can't fire. I don't agree seven. with that. I thank you. I, you fired Lovey no. Smith at 10 wins. And also, you know what Iberflus is? He's the head coach culture guy whose culture sucks. And also who's takes who couldn't draft George Pickens because he's got, you know, off the field stuff, who took on Claypool, who's a drama queen in the locker room. And also who said now, right, they took that head coach, the defense coordinator card and stamped that on his chest. And this defense still sucks. You like, can, that's on you, bro. I think they exist in two different enti- in two different planes. I I used to kind of think that Fields and Eberflus were attached at the hip. I no longer do because you you can be good at your job and excel in your role. If the guy who's in charge of your department isn't excelling at his role, they can fire him, but they could always keep you. Right. It's the basic it's like it's business principles. Right. Why would you get rid of the guy who's still performing in spite of everything for the guy who clearly is in over his head? Now, I'm saying this is someone who 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 wasn't like who who liked and wasn't against the Eberflus hire. Sometimes we're wrong. And that's OK to be admit that Eberflus is clearly a guy who might just be over promoted. And that's OK. Like we know now. But. To say that if you're firing Eberflus, you're punting on you're punting on fields, I think that's just an oversimplification of a really complicated scenario we're in. And I would be more likely to agree with that idea if Eberflus was an offensive guy, right? If if you could maybe say like, oh, well, he's a part of this continued ascension, um, or even if another thing, if Kevin Warren wasn't there. Because I think, yeah, if, if it was still Ted Phillips, George McCaskey kind of above – Brian Poles in that scenario, I could see that being more likely. But Kevin McCorn's the wild card. He, he was yeah, there was when Poles or Eberflus was hired. He's such a wild – because it could mean that just everyone's gone. That's – truth be told, like I, I don't, the other part I have to bring up is if he becomes the first 4,000-yard passer in Bears history, runs for – he, I believe he's pacing for like 650 yards on the ground and like four touchdowns. So if he runs for 650 yards and four touchdowns, and he throws for 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns, I think is what he's pacing for, right? Like something in that realm. Uh, 
So you're going to tr- actively move off of 4,600 combined yards and 37 touchdowns? Yeah, but Toys R Us is coming back and Caleb Williams is sitting on the shelf. No, I, I don't, man. <laughs> I don't care if Kevin Warren's in charge. I don't think that the ownership is just going to move off of the best single season any Bears quarterback has ever had. Um, one interesting thought here from Scott in the chat. How do you get rid of Iberfus and Naki Fields, another play calling coach? Can you keep Getsy? I would say no. I'm because you, you can't you can't keep doing arranged marriages. You can't say, hey, head coach is coming in. You gotta you can come here, but you gotta keep Getsy. And also, what has Getsy done to make you think he can do it? Like I mm, nothing. I think Justin Fields is a lot in his own realm, kind of like Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, which I know is the, are the easy comps, but those guys are, made themselves better actively because they put in the work and they are that wired. Like, I don't think any, like, I love Justin. I think he's a hard worker. I don't think anyone's in the same realm as like Jalen Hurts for how he works. That guy's in his own like stratosphere, like for how he does and goes about his business. But I think he, Fields and, and Allen are cut from the same cloth where they're going to get the absolute most out of their abilities. They're not going to sit back, relax, and just say, oh, I'm this uber-talented, physically gifted person. I'm just going to rely on that. No, I think that they bust their ass and they make themselves as good as they can, no matter what. Like, And let's be honest here. They weren't trying to let Justin Fields be Justin Fields the first couple weeks. They wanted him to be – Aaron Rodgers and and sit back there and pick apart the defense when that's not how he plays. I can't tell you how much it pisses me off when people are like talk about the season in totality when it's like it was literally two different offenses in week two, the first two weeks versus like Chiefs. They got more to like what they're currently doing now, but that was just a stupid game. But weeks one and two and weeks three, four, five are just different. If they wanted to do what they were doing weeks one and two, they should have drafted CJ Stroud or they should have drafted Bryce Young. Point period blank at a story. That's what they should have done because those are much more of your prototypical in the pocket passers who want to who want to read the defense and get the ball out. Fields doesn't fit that mold. He never did. Not even at Ohio State, as generational as he was coming out of Ohio State. Because that's the other thing that goes. I think you and I've said it at just to the point of of like irritation. Like we forget how special he was coming out of Ohio State. He he wasn't some run of the mill first round quarterback prospect like Christian Plunder, like he was a guy who was thought of if he was in the class before him he might have given Joe Burrow a run for his money coming out. If he was in the class after him, he was the short surefire number one pick. Like what are we doing here? We as Bears fans specifically, and I think in general also in the NFL, and then to an extension society in that general order are so just used to things not going well that we want to look for every negative possible thing. And in addition to that instant gratification, Justin didn't come in right away and show out and said, we had the Cleveland game where he just got absolutely destroyed and looked lost and and awful. And we're not willing to say, okay, well that game plan was straight doo doo. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Um, What you need to know, we're, we're transitioning now to these Vikings game specifically Vikings lead all-time series, 65, 57, and 2. Not great. The last two games, the Vikings won 29-13 and 29-22. You'll remember the Bears lost in October to the Vikings when an Amir Smith-Marset fumble on the final drive <laughs> ended any chance of a comeback. That was, the, that was a Justin coming out game, too. That was a was. game where he looked great. 
And currently, the Bears have multiple losing streaks that they can break this weekend. They have a home game losing streak of nine. The last win was the Texans, uh, 9-25-22. A division losing streak of 10. Last win against the Lions, 11-25-21. And then lastly, a Minnesota Vikings losing streak of four. Last win there was 12-20 in 2020. Not great, Bob. But you you can fix all this. And you know how you do it with... Our love, hate it, rehabilitate it. You know, we're going to look at the matchups that we love, that we hate, and things, something that we'd uh, fix. So what do you love about this matchup, Danny? Um, I love the matchup of Fields against this defense in general because I think he should be able to continue how he's been in terms of performance the last two weeks. Maybe not to the same level because of the exotic stuff Flores does, but Flores also runs a lot of man. That's what Justin Fields typically thrives against is man coverage because you can't turn your back on it. You turn your back on him, this guy could scamper away for a 70-yard touchdown all on his own. We saw it last year. He had most runs where he exceeded at least 20 miles per hour in the NFL. He hasn't broken any of those runs last week. In fact, what did he run for, like 60 yards last week? It didn't feel like he ran for 60 yards because it was just a bunch of like little scrambles where he would just pick up a few yards here or there, get down, and get back up and go to go to the huddle. So – I love the matchup against the de- the uh, of of number one against this defense, especially if Getzy doesn't stray away from what's been working. My love is uh, DJ Moore versus this the Vikings starting corners, uh, Byron Murphy and Makai Blackman. Not I great. I don't they shouldn't be able to contain this man. It, they just shouldn't. Um, and it, their other corner Evans is out. He's an IR, I believe. So that's hence why uh, Makai Blackman and is should be starting here. Uh, I mean, you look at just overall defensive grades, like PFF, for example, Byron Murphy's at a 46.7. He ranks 94th out of 109 cornerbacks. Like, that's just not good currently. So, DJ Moore should eat. Uh, Hates, what do you hate about this game? You know, I don't really um, uh, like the matchup of Daniel Hunter against Larry Borum. It feels like a like a bad time. <laughs> I would Larry Borum had like the first two series looked really surprisingly good against Chase Young. And then after that, just Chase Young took his lunch money. And and mind you, you're talking about two very like I always make the thing you want to see what a football player should look like in terms of physical build. Daniel Hunter was built in a lab to play football. Just the physique, how he looks, everything. He looks like he's meant to be a defensive end in the NFL. But he's just a wildly different play- – Chase Young is a physical freak of nature. Like, And while Hunter's physically gifted, he's almost like matching up against a fighter who does like the drunken warrior stance where he's, he's just herky-jerky and weird. Nothing he does is like commonplace. He's like all counter punches and these weird moves. And I love Daniel Hunter. He's one of my favorite edge rushers in football to watch because he is so different. Like he doesn't do anything stylistically that a lot of guys do. He's his own guy. But I think that could give Larry Borum issues, shall we say. <laughs> Which is an understatement. Um, uh, my hate was Eberflus, the head coach and defensive coordinator versus Kevin O'Connell, the head coach play caller. Uh, I just think, Kevin O'Connell is better at his job that he's going to create with the help of Kirk Cousins, of course, just who is a, again, just solid quarterback. He's going to 
give Eberflus challenges because Eberflus refuses to get into modern NFL play calling. And so I hate it. I hate every bit of it. Understandable. That was my other one. I kind of want to go. I gave you the more roundabout one for love it. You gave me the more select one for hate it. And I gave you the more select one for hate it. Yeah. Um, rehabilitate. Uh, mine is generate the pass rush earlier. Now they had the Bears had five sacks last week, but most of them came in garbage time. And two of the earlier ones were TJ Edwards and Greg Stroman. So how real was are those five sacks? I mean, they happen, but you know, garbage time trying to just throw the ball. I think it was something, there was some crazy set. I do not have it. I, I should have grabbed it with how many times the commanders ran past the ball in a row at one point in that mm-hmm. game. It was, it was wild. So at some point, yes, you should get sacks, especially in a game like this where Kirk cousins, he's an accident turnover waiting to happen, whether it's a fumble or an interception, but you have to be able to get him off his spot and make him feel uncomfortable in order to do that. He's also, and he's also not the athlete that even Sam Howell is. He's an older guy now. He he'll take off for a scramble here and there, but he's not like doing even what Howell does, where he can ju- he'll like jet out to the left and just try to reset his feet and rocket the ball downfield. He doesn't have that that in his bag anymore. He's no. he's old and limited. Um, so yeah, I, I I can get behind that. My rehab it was kind of the same way. Like I was gonna say the the pass rush because I actually think protection's been pretty okay the mm-hmm. last couple weeks. Um, but it's the pass rush, man. Like I, I can't emphasize enough how much I just think that defenses are built from the from the trenches out. Like you can't do anything if your big fatties up front aren't causing havoc. Andrew Billings is a good football player. I would even go as far as saying Demarcus Walker is a damn good football player. Not sexy, just they do their jobs okay. Eventually, though, Yannick Ngakwe's got to come off the edge and get a sack and bend it. Like if did, did you watch the um they had his mic'd up for the game? So there's like a seven minute video on YouTube. No, I didn't go watch it. It's funny because besides him just talking to players, most of the clips where they're showing him just in the game, he's just getting beat by the tackles and guards. <laughs> and it, it's like there isn't like none of them I'm watching is like him like oh almost sack. Oh, like if he had just one more step, he would have gotten there. It was just a lot of like nothing. You know what's gonna be funny about him is he's going to mess around, get his 10 sacks, and it's going to be the quietest 10 sacks he ever heard. God, yeah, he's already at, what is that, two right now? Two, yeah. So stupid. Um, X Factor for the Vikings. What do the, the Vikings have to focus on in order to get this one? The X Factor is going to be the running game. Like, if they can get uh, either Cam Akers or or I'm drawing a blank on the back from Boise who they extended this offseason. Isn't it Kyron? No, Kyron Williams. No, he's in LA still. Uh, the the running back from Boise State that they just extended oh, this offseason. Why, I don't uh, know why the heck I was thinking about Kyron? Sorry. Because you heard Rams, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, my brain went to that. You're, are you talking about Alexander Madison? Their main Madison, back? Madison. Yeah. If, if they can get those two going, I think that's their X factor. Especially because Cam Akers looks like he found he's found a little bit of juice that he used to have. He's never going to be the athlete he was after that Achilles, but he looks like he's starting to come back to form. And I, I mean, that makes more sense being what two years post surgery now. So I think there was some weird stuff going on there too. Like I don't, the Rams actively just didn't like him for some reason. Coach has got dog houses, man. It's a real thing. I don't know what happened there. Um, mine was shut down DJ Moore. If you figure out a way to bracket him, double team safety over the top and all that jazz and just say, take away DJ Moore. as of right now, the bears have not shown that they would be able to survive without him. So that'd be my game plan. 
I, yeah, bracket and put the safety over top, corner right on top of him. Go ahead. Beat me, boy. And make everyone else win. Um, Axe Factor for the Bears. Uh, mine is using the short pass game to bolster the potential hurting run game and punish the blitz. Because we talked about, Flores has some crazy exotic looks. You need tight ends and running backs to chip and frustrate the ends that are going to be coming hard. And again, pause. Uh, and watch for pressure from the middle out. Justin does decent when the pressure's off the edge. He struggles if like when it's, up, wood, when it's right front. up the middle. So those are one thing that Kyle Herbert still needs to work on. Not to talk about those injured. Rest in peace, uh, your ankle. Is like there are too many times where he would be there for pass protection, and he's supposed to leak as like you know as the dump out option. But he was leaking so early and letting uh, alignment just fly by him. Like you still got to hit someone with the opposite jersey color. Yeah, so it's like what, what the old high school coach saying somebody hit somebody like just put a body on someone i don't care if, you're, if he's not on your side of the field or not yeah uh what's your x factor for the bears x factor for the bears is uh, for me it's going to be how you how you uh call, how gets he calls the game against Flores' defense is he going to get justin on the perimeter get him moving around to really just put put stress on the defensive line and all these pressures that you know Flores is going to be coming with like you got to get Justin on the move. You got to get him to the perimeter outside the tackle box and get him around because you have him sitting back there. You're especially with Larry Borum. Like I just don't trust it to just try to have him in the pocket and also keep some of these quick passes up where it's like his hot is two steps and the ball's out. Like he's showing now he's he's hitting those slants now too, right? Like he wasn't throwing them before, but now he's actually throwing those slants. Let's, let's keep going back to that. You know, what's so crazy about it is his, some of his best throws were the intermediate throws his first couple of years, and he is just not hitting those anymore. He's one of the worst intermediate throwers in football right now. And I have to think it's the like the the ghosts, right, hearing footsteps, just because for those intermediate throws, you still need time for it to develop. His mm-hmm. footwork has regressed a little bit. There's a little heel cookie at times. You know, he's jittery in the pocket. And so his balls have been sailing on him a bit. Mm-hmm. Over to our over-unders. Uh, first one, and the funny uh, we talked about this earlier, over-under, Justin Fields passing touchdowns. I set it at three and a half. Uh, under. I think four is such a big number, man. Get out of my face! Get out! That doesn't help my bet. I know we're going back to we're circling back to your bet. We've come full circle. It's, it's all about my bets. Um, I mean, in all reality, I would if I was putting like legitimate money on this, I would take the under. But like, it was just too tasty, so I said the over. Um, Bears rushing yards over under one hundred and thirty and a half. I'm tempted to go over because this feels like the game where Justin could, because of the amount of man and the amount of pressures Flores brings, he could just snap one off. Pause. Uh, for for like seventy five yards, just because you sent the wrong pressure and you run man. That's that's what Brian Flores does. He's the cover zero guy. That's what he does. Like, so yeah, that is uh, the hundred and thirty is the Bears average for the year. Hence why I picked it. Okay, they did not actually know that. So um, um, I think hundred and thirty is a good number. I think they'll probably go over that, especially because. D- you know, Deontay, like, I know we just think of him as this running back on the Bears roster. He was legitimately good last year. He was a good running back for a, 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 yeah, for a primary running offense. And he got almost $4 million to come here. 
Like that's not and that's not chump change for a journeyish man run, now running back. No. Um, I'm gonna parlay off that. This wasn't on my list, but I'm gonna add it. Over under one and a half touches for Valus Jones. Over. They've got the Valus package, and I think they're you're gonna probably see him in the backfield once just for to see if it'll work. Because that, that I meant to talk about that when we were talking about the running back injuries and all that stuff earlier. Why can't just hand Valus the damn ball out of <laughs> out of shotgun, right? I mean, I would I don't know, maybe he just can't do it, but you'd think he'd do pretty well at it. Just run him on a toss crack, see how it goes. Yeah. Get his speed up. Yeah. Um, over under one and a half Kirk Cousins turnovers. Under. They might get him once. I don't think they're gonna get him twice. Right now, he is averaging 1.4 turnovers for the year with seven. But again, that's also against some better defenses, too. Mm-hmm. Uh over under 20, sorry, 299 and a half Vikings pass yards. Under, but only slightly. I think they're still going to have just because the bear, the bears already told you they're going to play a soft zone. So Kirk is going to rack, rack up these KJ Osborne underneath routes and Jordan Addison underneath routes, because they're just not going to press and they're not going to use what really their cornerback room is kind of built to do, which is be up in your face and jam. Uh, Over under one and a half sacks for the bears. Over. I think they're going to get one on a blitz, and I think they're <laughs> think that someone, someone like Dominique Robinson is just going to come exploding off the edge and beat beat his man and finally get him with his one pass rush move he has. With his one pass rush move, or it'll be like the Zach Pickens pop play where the one thing Pickens has is his burst off the line. <laughs> yeah. uh, next game predictions, and of course, first we got to do this game. Vikings are favored two and a half. Who do you got? You know, I think the good vibes are there. I think Justin's playing well enough. I think the defense is starting to feel feel kind of revved up, you know. So they'll let up points. I think the Bears will win. It'll be like probably like a field goal affair, though. I, I think it's going to be tough for Kirk to not have his safety blanket of Justin Jefferson. And how many times have we seen, whether it's in Bears games specifically or other games where – it's third and 12 for the Vikings and JJ is the one that they go to. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that. Um, the bears have their safety blanket currently in DJ Moore. They might, depending on how the injury shakes out, uh, have the secondary safety blanket in Cole Komet, who Justin loves to target. Uh, like you said, vibes going up for the bears, neutral to downwards right now for the Vikings. I also would go one step further. And if the Vikings lose this game, I think those Kirk cousins trade rumors become a little more real Jets still seem like a team that could make sense. Atlanta still seems like a team that could make sense. Uh, Kirk Cousins' wife is actually from at the from Georgia, and they go there all the time. That could be something very interesting. Just something to keep in mind. Uh, tonight's game, <laughs> gross. Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by ten and a half. If you had to pick this game, what would you pick? I think the Chiefs cover and win. That. The Chiefs' defense is legit good. Like, it's not any more of just, like, smoke and mirrors from Spagnola being a crazy person. Like, they've got talent. And Chris Jones is still Chris Jones. And I believe Nick Bolton is expected to play, who is one of the most underappreciated linebackers in football. He's fantastic. Um, And that defense is – you think the Bears' defense is bad. The the Broncos' defense is just egregious. Yeah, and uh, I just saw, too, Kelsey's playing tonight as well, so you're going to have 
Travis, you're gonna have your best receiver. And um, you mean you mean Mrs. You mean Mr. Taylor Swift? Oh, don't you don't you start. I can't tell you. Oh my god, it's awful. So at work, obviously I'm dealing treating patients all day, and it's also in the gym. So there's constant conversation. The amount of conversation I've had to hear about Taylor fucking Swift and to how that is the main conversation around the NFL. Stop it. I, I am so over it. I need this thing. To, this narrative needs to die. So we're going to move on to the Patriots at the Raiders. The Raiders are favored. Bears will be playing them uh, coming up. Who do you got? You said Patriots, Raiders? Uh, Patriots, Raiders, Raiders favored by three. I don't know how the Raiders are favored by three other than the fact that Matt Jones has just become from a competent, like, starting level quarterback to a dumpster fire. Very quickly, yes. Um, I don't think that – do I have to pick? I don't like either of these teams. I don't think the Raiders are particularly good either. Nope, but if, but for some reason uh, someone came down and said, hey, you need this for your parlay, you have to pick it. I would probably take Raiders minus two and a half just because Devontae Adams still exists. So you're picking the Patriots because it's the lines at three. Oh, I thought you said minus two and a half. No, oh. I'll pick. I'll pick the Raiders. Oh, okay. I was like, you can't just yeah. make up your own line right now. What are you, what are you just, doing? Just making your own thing. <laughs> um, Detroit Lions at the Buccaneers. Lions favored by only three. You know what? I actually like the Buccaneers. I think they're a good football team. I think the Buccaneers cover. Like in like out. I what's up? I was gonna say, are they, they are they outright winning or just covering? I think they're just covering. I think that the offense is well. No, you know what? I'll say Buccaneers win outright. The defense is ball. I think Baker's kind of playing with that swagger that he always is going to play with because he doesn't understand that he's limited. Like if there's Mr. Unlimited and Russell Wilson, there's Mr. Limited in in Baker Mayfield. Uh, We got two more here. Uh, Cowboys at Chargers. Cowboys favored by two. Cowboys are struggling. Chargers uh, coming up soon on the Bears schedule. Um, Probably the Cowboys. That defense is still awesome. Uh, Dak Prescott – is kind of just I've I've made the joke a few times that Dak Prescott is just Kirk Cousins with melanin. Like I think they're very much the same player. Like Dak's probably better, but just kind of cut from the same cloth. Where he's just this is where I, these are my progressions. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm going to play. Yeah. So, and he it's not like he's some young pup anymore in the league, right? He's been this is what his ninth NFL season, eighth Something NFL like season. So. We Dak Prescott is still Dak Prescott. Um, at the end of the day, I think they're a better football team. And as much as I liked Brandon Staley as a coach, I think he's just, I think he's just not it, not for not for the Chargers at this point. Their only saving grace is if Justin Herbert goes nuclear, which is completely plausible. Justin Herbert's awesome, but that defense in in Dallas is a buzzsaw. Uh, last one here, Dolphins versus Panthers. The Pan- uh, Dolphins are favored by 13 and a half. So this one's tough because they apparently just do not like Jalen Waddle anymore. They just don't throw him the football. Devon Achan is hurt and on IR now, and they're going to be relying on – not that Raheem Mostert is a bad football player or Jeffrey Wilson Jr., who I believe is coming back this week, is a bad football player. They just don't offer the same – oh, Raheem has game-breaking ability, but he's not the same football player that HN has been to start his career. Um, God, that's a big number. It's a huge number. It's a big damn number, man. I'll say that the, the Panthers cover but barely because I don't. Th- I think that they're going to try to play the ball control thing where they just don't give 
the Dolphins the ball as much as they possibly can. It's just a hard game plan to do, and those the Dolphins can score on any given play. I would almost think it's a backdoor cover. I just don't cover, see. Yeah. I just don't see the Dolphins doing again what they did to the Broncos because even though I I don't think it's an issue for the Dolphins where like it, they didn't run up the score or anything. I do think there's going to be like a call down where it's like, hey, we can't we can't do this again. Just you know, literally sit everybody if if it got to that point. Yeah. We might get to chase Claypool anytime touchdown this week is what we might get, Mr. Man. I, I thought about honestly doing that, to be completely honest. Uh, a coccyx and bull story. This is our bold prediction section, one offensive, one defensive. I'm realizing I forgot to do this, so it's going to be off the top of the dome for me today. Um, uh, offensive, bold prediction. I'm going to go with all of that. Darnell Mooney gets four catches in this game. Ooh which is wild because he has very, very little. And my defensive uh, bull prediction, just keep rolling through it, uh, is that Jalen Johnson is going to get his second interception of his career. Woo! What do you got? Uh, first one, we'll start defensive to kind of piggyback off you. Um, Gervon Dexter gets his first career NFL sack. That would be great. I would love he's, that. He's, he's starting to get – you can see he's starting to get a little bit better week by week. I think he's going to get his first one. And Deontay Foreman's going to go for 100 yards. I don't know if it's going to be an efficient hundred yards. Maybe he's going to get bottled up a lot and then just bust one because he, he, he is a, an explosive, hard running back. Like yeah. pause, but he runs hard. So, I why not? I don't think those linebackers are are particularly good, and they the Bears have been had a good running, good running game. I don't think the fallout from Khalil Herbert to Deontay Foreman with Roshan being the middleman laws is going to be as big as something. Cause I think that he's a legitimately good NFL starting running back. And I think you might lose some of the explosive run that Herbert brought, but you, you can make up for that potentially with Justin's legs to try to get mm-hmm. some more explosive on the ground. Offensive player of the game. What do you got? It's hard to not pick DJ Moore at this point, right? Just because they're going to spam him. It's like they finally figured out that, hey, number two is good at football. Give him the football. They finally realized they can hit the X button. Yeah, just hit, just spam it. Um, I'll go off what you said. I'll go with, I think, assuming the Vikings try to just eliminate DJ from the game, I'll go with Deontay Foreman that, you know, he gets that 100 yards, a touchdown, uh, and that ultimately, especially if they if they do get a lead and they have to try to wean the clock down. Defensive player of the game. Yeah. You know, I. I want the TJ Edwards like true breakout game where he looks like a really good linebacker that they paid for. So I'll go with TJ Edwards. Maybe he'll get a sack or something. Like I don't think so. They don't really tend to blitz him a ton, but he'll get his double digit tackles and maybe he'll get a couple of explosive tackles for loss because especially because Madison is still getting the lion's share of the, of the, of the carries. And he's just, he doesn't explode through the line. He He's kind of a plotter. I would have also gone with TJ Edwards if I wasn't so heartbroken where my uh, bold prediction for, on defense for last week was that a ball would get tipped and he would get an interception, which almost happened in the game and he just can't catch. So I refuse to have him picks this week. So my defensive player of the game, uh, I'm going to go with who I had get interception, Jalen Johnson. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, fourth quarter uh, Vikings need a touchdown. Uh, Kirk is pushing, pressing a little bit and Jalen Johnson comes away with that pick. King of the North, a.k.a. MVP, a.k.a. just the Justin Fields category. Uh, who do you got? 
<laughs> hey, you called it, Justin Fields. <laughs> and it's just that, especially this year, right? Especially this year, it is what it is. The, the Bears are going to rise and fall with Justin. And ultimately, this whole year is about who is Justin and is he someone that you roll with going into next year? Uh, there's no other way to put it. He, he, it, this whole season is about him at this point. And that's where we will end this nice long stream for y'all. Um, hope if you're going to watch Thursday night football, I don't know why you just love football. I'm not going to watch it. I got enough stuff I got to do tonight. I'm not going to watch the Broncos get spanked. Um, enjoy that. Get excited for a uh, game for the game coming up on Sunday. I'm actually going to be joining uh, Bill Zinnerman on the post game show. That's going to be on Windy City Gridiron this Sunday. So if you didn't have enough of my ramblings, you're going to be able to hear me there this Sunday. Uh, Danny, anything before we go? No, man, I'm not watching this game. I'm, my wife and I just started that uh, show, The Fall of the House of Usher, based on the Edgar Allan Poe short story that oh, just got released on Netflix. I assumed it was based on the halftime show for the Super Bowl. Ha-ha! <laughs> um, oh, I should have done the thing, but I didn't. You should is, it good? is it good? Was it a, okay, give me one sentence synopsis. What is the show about? You know, we're only one episode in. It's this family that owns a – a pharmaceutical company and they're under trial, but like the house, the family is like haunted kind of thing. Hmm. It's, it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe short story, which I read a lot of them. I actually never read this one. So I'm actually kind of interested in it, especially, you know, spooky season is my favorite time of year. So my wife and I are alternating, picking different either TV shows or movies that fall in the Halloween category. For the most part, she picks things like saw and cabin in the woods I pick things like Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. So we're finished. We are finishing uh, Disney Plus's newest haunted mansion. Oh, very cool! Very cool. It's, it's a good time. It's pretty good, actually. Like I would suggest watching it. It's it's a more elevated, spooky, not spooky movie. Yeah, we tend to gravitate more towards like psychological thrillers and crime ones. I've always liked the, the slasher movies, but she she gets nightmares. So. And they're coming for me, apparently. Uh, that's the perfect way to end it, talking about spooky <laughs> slasher stuff. Uh, enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Fair enough. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.